we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and uh, we'll uh, read uh, beginning uh, this evening in uh, verse number verse number 12. So we begin reading in verse 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is dealing with the subject of spiritual gifts. Uh, just for context, look at verse 1 with me, please. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have... Uh, or I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. So he's dealing with the subject of spiritual gifts. We go now to verse 12, where is uh, the place that we left off uh, last time as we began our study of the 12th chapter. And the Bible says, For as the body is one and hath many members... And all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all uh, one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say, unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members uh, should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Let's pray together. 
Our Father, we thank you for your word this evening, and I pray that you would speak to us through it. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would enable us to receive your truth. I pray that we would respond in obedience to it, and I pray that you would allow me and empower me and fill me with thyself so that I might communicate the message of your word to your people this evening. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are looking at this theme concerning spiritual gifts, and we began a few weeks back, and we looked at two thoughts concerning spiritual gifts. First of all, we looked in the opening verses, uh, verses 1 through 4, at the diversity of spiritual gifts. Notice, if you would, again in verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. And so we all have been gifted by the Spirit of God. If we know the Lord is our Savior, if we have uh, been uh, redeemed, if the Spirit of God has come to dwell within us, then we have been gifted by the Holy Spirit. And uh, we find that there are differences of those gifts and differences in our uh, position, our place, our, our role or office within the church, and then uh, our operation, our function within it. So we looked at the diversity of spiritual gifts. Then secondly, in verses 7 through 11, we looked at the demonstration of spiritual gifts. And we noted that there are two types of gifts that are mentioned. There are the permanent gifts and there are the temporary gifts. The permanent gifts are the speaking gifts, the, the gift of preaching and teaching the Word of God. And then there are the service gifts. Those are the permanent gifts that God has given to the church. But there are also the temporary gifts, and those included miracles, healing, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And those gifts were given as signs to confirm the authority of the apostles and the scripture that they penned. Uh, they, they were limited to the apostolic age and have ceased since that time. So we have the demonstration of the gifts, and we looked at them. There were a number of them. We looked at the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing the sick, the gift of performing miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of speaking in tongues, and the gift of interpreting or interpretation of those tongues. And so we noted uh, the diversity of the gifts, and then we noted the demonstration of the gifts. Now we come uh, to verse number 12, and we note a third thing here this evening, and that is the design of spiritual gifts. The design of spiritual gifts. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of these spiritual gifts? And we begin in verse number 12, and we begin with this thought in mind. There is an assessment here of the purpose of God, an assessment of God's purpose. It is important for us to understand God's purpose in distributing to us these spiritual gifts. Notice in verse 12, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now, many of you have noted, perhaps as you've been reading along with me, the use of the word one. And the point that the Apostle Paul is making as the Holy Spirit has inspired him to write, uh, he is speaking here of unity, that we are one. In fact, in this 12th chapter, the word one is used 16 times. 16 times. I believe God is trying to send us a message. And he's sending us a message concerning the purpose of God in these spiritual gifts. We also find another word, the word same, same is used seven times in this chapter. So we have the word one and the word same. So what are we learning? What are we learning about the purpose of God? We, uh, in the gift or in the distribution rather of these spiritual gifts, we're learning that the design of the Holy Spirit is to bring the many members or the individual believers, that's all of you who know the Lord, all of you who have followed Christ in baptism, all of you who have become a part of this local assembly, <clears throat> God has brought you together in Christ to form one united body. The church is, is, is uh, named, called... Uh, the body of Christ. There are other uh, pictures for the, of the church. The bride of Christ, for example, is one of those pictures. But the body of Christ. And the body is to function. Uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth, he took on the form of a servant. He took on the form of humanity. He took a human body. And through that body, he revealed himself through that body he made himself known he communicated he he spoke he he touched and and he healed and uh, uh, he through his body revealed the express image of his father so the body today is not one physical body of a human being rather it is a collection of individuals who have been redeemed, who the Spirit indwells, and we have been united together to function and represent the Lord Jesus Christ in this world and to make him known. So that is the purpose of spiritual gifts, so that we might be united in one body. So spiritual gifts are given to the church for the good of the church. All of us have been gifted for the good, not just of our individual selves, but for the good of the church. And the good of the church requires unity. Unity. So God's gifts then are designed to edify, to build up the church. Now, what unites us? Well, we're united in Christ. We're united by the indwelling power of and presence of the Holy Spirit. We're united by the truth of God's word. It is God's word which guides us. It is God's spirit which transforms us, which has filled us, which bonds us together. And it is the submission of every individual believer to the spirit of God and to the truth of God and to one another that preserves the unity of the body. 
So it's a, there are three aspects then that bring about this unity. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and the individual member of the body, the individual believer who submits to the work of God in his life. So the assessment of the purpose here, of uh, the assessment of the purpose is that God would unite us in one body. This is his design. But then we see the assignment that pleased God. The assignment that pleased God. We're all individual members. We all comprise the overall body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul begins to speak concerning our assignment. Look in verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. He talks about the foot. He says, if the foot shall say to the She'll say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? But if the whole hearing were the smelling, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, notice this expression, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? So Paul speaks here of our assignment, and we must understand that God has placed us, God has gifted us, and God has given us an assignment, a function in the context of the body that pleased him. So God has chosen us and placed us in the body to do a particular thing that he has called us and equipped us to do and we need to understand that it is all of him. And he has made the decision as it has pleased him. Now, we find here that the body is diverse. And it is the diversity of the body that is the strength of the body. And no matter your gift or your function within the body, we understand that we are an essential part of the body. And we've been placed in the body as it pleases God. Now, there's, a, there, there's a, a scenario that Paul gives in verse 15. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Now, imagine if your foot were to say, well, I'd like to be the hand. Well, then you're in trouble, right? because then you're walking around with three hands and one foot. And that would be a difficult situation. But there are Christian people who look at other Christian people and say, I would like to be in the position that person is in. I would like to have the gift that person has. And oftentimes, the way the devil works with the frailty of our flesh, we often tend to wish or to hope or to desire to have the gifts of others and minimize what God has done in our own lives. We misunderstand the purpose of God's gifts and his role, his assignment for our lives. So God has equipped us, God has gifted us, God has placed us in the body and we need to learn to be content with the gift he has given to us and the function and the role, the responsibility that we have. He goes on in this scenario, verse 16, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. 
Maybe the ear would say, oh, I wish I could see what the eye sees. Again, another ridiculous notion, but this is the, 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 the thinking that often comes to us when we, we see people who can sing, like these four guys who got up here and sang. You know, and they all have a full head of hair. It's just really frustrating for somebody like me. You know, when I start singing, my family says, stop, please. And uh, my dad, who's in heaven, that's the one thing that uh, he, he, he encouraged me in a lot of ways, but he didn't want to hear me sing. And uh, when I get to heaven and I see him, I'm going to sing. And I, I don't care if he likes it or not, right? But he'll like it because then I'll be in a glorified body. So I, I'm hoping I'll get to lead the choir in heaven at least one time. That would be a blessing. And, uh, you know, oftentimes, though, we, we look at other people and we say, I wish I could do what they're doing. I wish I had that ability and uh, we're all prone to do that, by the way. All of us are. And here we're learning that, that God has placed us in the body and equipped us as it has pleased him. Well, that's a great thing to know, isn't it? So if I just do my job, whether it's the foot or the elbow or the ear or the eye or the nose or, or whatever it may be, if I just do my job, I can please God. I can please him. Moreover, it is required of a steward that a man be found what? So let's just show up and do our job. Let's be who God has made us to be. Let's fulfill the responsibility that God has assigned to us. Now, the Corinthian church was a gifted church. We know that. Paul said they came behind in no gift, but we also know they were a carnal church. Gifted, but carnal. And the reason they were known for their carnality, of course, is because of the temptations and snares that, that often beset them there in Corinth, and Paul has addressed many of those, but also because of division within the church. And one of the primary sources of division among the members of the church was their misunderstanding and misuse of spiritual gifts. They misunderstood the purpose of them. That's why it's important for us to understand that the purpose of spiritual gifts is to edify the body. It is, it is to bring unity to the body. It is to function and represent the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. But they misunderstood that. And then they misused those gifts, not for the good of the body, but for their own uh, advancement for their for their own uh, selfish desire for uh, for the appreciation perhaps and the accolades of others. Now I just want to give you f uh, four uh, effects, four results uh, that come to us when we misunderstand and misuse spiritual gifts. Four ways that the misunderstanding and misuse of spiritual gifts hurts the church. First of all, number one is division. I just mentioned that, division. There was a spirit of covetousness among the Corinthian believers. They wanted the most prominent, visible gifts. They desired to have them. Again, the motive being the advancement of self, not the edification of the body. So number one is division. Number two is disruption. Whenever you have division in a church, then you're going to have disruption in the church. Uh, the church is not going to function as it should. 
people have gotten off course. They've taken their eyes off the Savior, and uh, they are no longer doing the things that the Lord has assigned for them to do. A third, a third thing is deception. Deception. When we misunderstand and misuse spiritual gifts, then we can easily be deceived. That's why it's important for us to understand that there were permanent gifts and there were temporary gifts. We need to understand what those gifts were given for, uh, why it's important to know the difference, and to understand that now we have a full revelation of God. And therefore, knowing this, we are not to be deceived. Now, there are many antichrists in the world. John wrote about those. And uh, they speak, they use the right terminology. They may be gifted, uh, naturally gifted uh, orators, and uh, they, they would represent God. They would say or profess to represent God and give us some revelation that is beyond the Bible. And many have been deceived by those people. Many are being deceived by those people today. And so when we misunderstand and misuse spiritual gifts, we open ourselves to deception and then fourthly to decay. To decay. Because when the devil gets in through deception and through division and he disrupts the purpose of the church, well, then the church will begin to decline. The church will begin to decay. So we understand here uh, in these verses, verses 12 through 19, the design of spiritual gifts. And then fourthly, let me give you this thought in chapter 12, the dependence upon spiritual gifts. The dependence upon spiritual gifts. As a church, we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit and we are to depend upon the gifts that he has given to us for our good and for the edification of the church. Now, I want you to notice a phrase we read in verse 24. The Bible says in verse 24, For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. I want you to notice that phrase, God hath tempered the body together. That word tempered means that it, it, it consists of different parts. It is an intermingled body. Tonight, as I look at this congregation, I see an intermingled congregation of people. Uh, you come from different places. You have different personalities, and you have, you have different interests and uh, different occupations and different temperaments and different ideas about how things ought to be done. Uh, we're all unique and we're all individual, but God has tempered the body together. He has intermingled us. He has put this unique group of people together. And we are to depend upon one another if we're going to function as a body of believers. Now, there are, th there are three things that we learn in these verses concerning our dependence upon spiritual gifts. First of all, number one, we must learn to cooperate with one another. We must learn to cooperate with one another. Now, if the body is going to function, the body has to cooperate. Uh, my mind uh, has to cooperate with my nervous system, my nervous system cooperating with my mind, my nervous system then cooperating with my muscles so that I can move and I can accomplish the task that is on my mind. 
if my muscles and my nervous system and my brain are not cooperating, then I cannot function the way I want to function. And you and I have to cooperate together. We have to live together. We have to learn to work together. We depend upon each other. Notice in verse 20, but now are they many members yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Uh, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So the visible parts, the more prominent parts, let's say it this way, the visible people, the more prominent people, those who seem to be uh, unusually gifted or unusually talented, those people depend upon the people who don't seem to have talents and abilities. And, 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 and demonstrable gifts. But we need to understand that God has given us all gifts. And we're going to see a list of those in just a moment, a second list of gifts uh, that will help us understand this. God has tempered, he has intermingled the body together, and we have to learn to cooperate with one another. We all need each other. We all need each other. If this church is going to be what it needs to be, then we need all of you. All of you have a gift. All of you have a purpose. God has placed you here as it has pleased him, and we all have to work together. If this choir is going to produce Christ-edifying music that ministers to the hearts of God's people, then every voice is important, is it not? Every instrumentalist is important. If we're going to operate a nursery, then every worker in that nursery is important. If we're going to operate a Christian school ministry, then we have to have teachers, but we also have to have administrative personnel, and we have to have maintenance personnel and cleaning personnel. All of these jobs, all of these roles are important. So no one can say in verse 21, as the eye might say in this scenario, I don't need the hand. I have no need of thee nor again the feet, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now, Paul has flipped the scenario before the foot saying, well, I'm not the hand, I wish I could be. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not as good as, I'm not as important as the hand. Or the ear would say, I'm not as important as the eye, so I'm not of the body. But now here he's saying, wait a minute, here's a new scenario. Here's one member that says, I don't need the lesser members. By the way, when we use a term like that, we're speaking from a human perspective, not a divine perspective. I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Verse 22, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. The people behind the scenes, the people who, who, who don't say a lot, all have a gift that is essential to the health of the church. Verse 23, those members which think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. We need to learn to appreciate everybody. 
We need to learn to value every member of this church because they all have an important role. And if you are a member of this church, don't let the devil deceive you and cause you to think that you're not important, that you're not necessary because you are. And by the way, who are we to say who is necessary and who isn't when we understand that it is of God, it is a work of God and a work of the Holy Spirit who has chosen us and uniquely placed us here to function? Then who are we to question him and say that we know better than he does and to allow some spirit of discouragement into our heart to cause us to quit serving him in the context of this local assembly? So we need to learn to cooperate with one another. We need to learn to work together. We need one another. Now, I want you parents and you grandparents to think about your children and grandchildren. Do you want them to have a church to grow up in? Do you want them to know the truth of God's word? Do you want them to have an opportunity to see God work? Do you want to have them, do you want them to have an opportunity to serve God? Well, then if you do, it is important that you do your duty today because the church of tomorrow will only continue if the church of today functions as it should. Well, we need to learn to cooperate with one another. But then secondly, in verse 25, we need to learn to care one for another. We need to learn to care one for another. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body. Again, what is Paul concerned about here? He's concerned about the unity of the body. If the body's not unified, then it cannot function. He says that there be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. We are to love one another and to care for one another. Uh, I remember uh, a time I was uh, a little younger. I was married, and, and uh, I could still move a little bit, and I was playing basketball, and I jammed my finger playing basketball. <laughs> and I went home, and I cried to my wife, and I moaned, and I whined, and I'm telling you, my whole body was hurting because I jammed my finger playing basketball. Just one finger, a small finger there, you know, just one little part of my body is stoved up, jammed up, but it is hurting and it's affecting my whole body. I mean, I can't think straight. I can't move. I got to have a nurse. I got to have somebody to care for me. You see, that's the way it works. When the body is hurting, one member of the body is hurting, the whole body ought to hurt with it. And we care one for another. In recent days, we've been caring for uh, the Henderson family in Carla's homegoing or try, try caring for the Kelso family in Virginia's homegoing, ministering to them, people preparing food, writing cards, sending expressions of, of love and offering prayers. What are we doing? We're caring one for another. Uh, we're praying for Dan uh, in his uh, health difficulty at this moment. And, and people are trying to encourage them in many ways. And others in our church who are dealing with issues and needs in their lives, we are caring one for another. How about when somebody's discouraged, when somebody is missing? You know, it's hard to keep up with everybody these days. 
I'm glad we went to two services. I know that we needed to do that, but it's, it's made it awfully difficult for me at times to know where everybody is. Sometimes I'll say to somebody I hadn't seen you, and they say, well, I was here this morning. <laughs> and then sometimes people say, well, I've been gone two or three weeks. Haven't you noticed? Well, you know, it can be difficult sometimes. I mean, we'll have people sitting in the auditorium, and I won't even realize they're here. Later on, see them and go, I didn't know you were there. I don't know, maybe it's my age. I, I don't know what's happening, but I, I'm having a more difficult time keeping up with things. We need to help take care of this assembly together. I'm going to deputize all of you as under-shepherds. I'm an under-shepherd, and I'm an under-shepherd under Jesus, right? I need all of you to help me take care of this flock. And if somebody's hurt, if somebody's discouraged, if somebody's tempted and somebody's about to quit, if somebody's missing and feels like nobody cares about them, you make it your mission and your responsibility that you reach out to them and then let others know and let's care for our church. Amen? If we're going to function, that's the kind of church we ought to have. We've got to care one for another. And may God help us to do that. And then if someone is honored, if someone is blessed, then we all ought to be thankful. I mean, if they pull in the parking lot with a brand new, you know, whatever, then we ought to be happy for them, not be envious, right? That's the way it ought to be. And uh, we need to remind them that we've got a building fund and we're trying to move forward. <laughs> but we're to have the same care one for another. Uh, let me give you the last thing. We need to learn to cooperate with one another. That's our dependence upon these gifts. We need to learn to care one for another. We're, we're dependent upon each other. And then lastly, we need to learn to be content with the gift that God has given to us. We need to learn to be content with the gift that God has given to us. Well, that was the problem in Corinth. They weren't content. They misunderstood the gifts and the purpose of them. They thought, well, you know what? If that guy can preach, I'd like to preach like that guy. Or that, that lady can sing. I, I'd like to sing like her. Or that, that, that gentleman can teach. I, I wish I could do that. Or this person can speak in tongues. Or this person can interpret. Well, I, I wish I could do that. And they weren't content with the gifts that God had given them. Verse 27, now ye are the body of Christ. That ought to make us content right there. What, what greater thing could you be a part of than that? Of all the people in this world and all the things that they're involved in, there's nothing more significant, there's nothing more important, there's nothing more honorable for you and I to belong to than the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that we can be a part of that is more prestigious than the body of Christ. And members in particular... And God has set some in the church. Here's another list. First, apostles. We know who the apostles are. Secondarily, prophets. These are preachers. They've been called to preach. They're not given new revelation. Thirdly, teachers. They're teachers of the word. Prophets can also have the gift to teach, but they have the call and gift of preaching. But there are those who are not called to preach, but are gifted teachers. After that, miracles. These are those who were able to work miracles. 
the gifts of healings, those both are temporary gifts, helps, that means to relieve someone of their burden. That's a permanent gift. That, that gift exists today. I, I'm thinking about some folks in our church. They have the gifts of helps. I mean, when somebody's sick, they run to their aid. There's a meal there. There's a card there. There's an expression of love there. Uh, we have a, a dear lady in our church that hardly anyone hears from verbally in this congregation and is in the nursing homes and assisted living centers and bringing things to our teachers throughout the, uh, the week to encourage them and help them. Uh, she has the gift of helps. I watched her take a sponge and dip it in water and touch the lips of one of our shut-ins who was uh, unconscious and, uh, but whose mouth had become dry. And I watched her minister there, and I said, this is the church in action in my heart, the gift of helps. Not everybody has that gift, but God has given that gift to some, and we couldn't function as a church without the gift of helps. May never preach a sermon, may never give an outline or lead an invitation, or, but we couldn't get along without them. Couldn't get along without them. Governments, the ability to administrate. We have gifted people in our church who have the ability to assess a problem and, and, and to learn how to address that problem and, and, and to administrate and, and delegate people to address various aspects of that problem and see it through. That's a gift of administration. Well, we couldn't get along without them, could we? Diversities of tongues, the ability to speak in a language that others uh, need to hear the gospel, and so they're able to speak those gifts. Verse 29. Now, he asked a question concerning this. Are all apostles? The answer is no, right? I mean, just imagine if, if everybody in the church had been an apostle. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Are all the members eyes? Are all the members ears? If so, the body's not going to function. That's the point. Verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. What is he teaching us here? He's teaching us to be content with the gift we've been given. And he closes in verse 31 with the word covet. Now, that's a word that uh, you could have characterized the Corinthian church by, covetousness. They wanted to have a gift that they didn't possess. But Paul is going to reverse the use of that word to make it not a negative thing, but a positive thing, and say to them, covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And that excellent way is shown to us in 1 Corinthians chapter, what's the next chapter? 13. And that chapter is called the, the love chapter. So what is he saying? I want to show you something more important and more significant 
than your desire to have more prominent gifts is that you would have more love for the body of Christ. And so may God help us. Now let me just give you five concluding thoughts. You can write them down and we'll have prayer and we'll be on our way this evening. Five concluding thoughts as we think about the truths that we've learned in this chapter. Number one, understand that God has placed you, you. I can't call all of your names, it'd take a while. But God has placed you alongside others in his body. That's why uh, I think people make a grave error when they decide to up and leave a church over some silly thing some unimportant thing and I'm not even talking about a problematic thing just a lack of commitment a lack of faithfulness and, and, and some flippant desire to be a part of something else that's exciting well there ought to be some excitement in church but uh, you know there ought to be excitement in a lot of things but the test of faithfulness is are we going to be faithful when things aren't as exciting So understand that God has placed you alongside others in his body. God has put you here. Do you believe that? Then who alone has the right to lead you away from here? The same one who placed you. Number two, know that he has placed you in his body and gifted you for a specific function. That's each of you. Each of you have a gift. You may not have discovered what that gift is, but God has gifted you. Now, how do you discover that gift? Well, you know, you get in the water and you start swimming. You get in the stream and you start serving. And God, by his spirit, will lead you. He will manifest that gift. It will become apparent to others, and God will put you in a place of service. But find, be willing, rather, first of all, to get in and serve. So know that he has placed you in his body. He's gifted you for a specific function. And therefore, each of us have a responsibility to fulfill in the context of this body. So let's fulfill it. Here's the third thought. We must learn to be content with the gift that God has given to us. God has gifted us uniquely as it has pleased him, and we must learn to be content with it, not covetousness of the gifts of others. God is not going to use you the way he uses someone else. He's going to use you the way he has desired and planned, and it has pleased him to use you. Number four, we must maintain a spirit of humility in the exercise and use of our gifts. Now, humility can be a double-edged sword. We can think we're so humble that we can't be used. That's really just pride. Oh, no, I couldn't get up in front of the crowd and sing. You mean you're not willing to do that? Why? Because you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to put yourself out there. And you use humility as a cloak. And instead of using your talent, what do you do? You hide it. And remember the man who hid his talent? What happened? It was taken away, right? So God has given us a gift. We are to use it. And there must be a spirit of humility 
in the exercise and use of our gifts. We cannot, it was, it, for those of you who are endowed with great giftedness, uh, you cannot uh, neglect or, or look down upon or think that you don't need or that you're better than or more significant than a number, another member of the body because if one part of the body breaks down, the whole thing breaks down. So we must maintain a spirit of humility in the exercise and use of our gifts. Here's the last thing, number five, we must not allow division to come within the church. And the devil wants to do that. And he usually works in the hearts of individuals. Uh, I, we don't deal with this in our church that I'm aware of. Maybe I probably shouldn't say that, but uh, as far as we, I know, we don't. But uh, in my experience before, I, I've known that people have gotten upset because someone else got up and sang their song. Well, I didn't know it was their song. <laughs> and by the way, nobody's ever got mad at me for doing that, but some of, some of you understand why, right? And that's why you're laughing. Somebody took my seat or somebody took my spot or this is my thing. No, this is the Lord's thing. And we're all just to be happy, glad, content servants in the service of the King. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.